Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Today, I would like to continue the sermon from last Sunday. We talk about joy. And the title of the sermon today is, What do you choose to look at? What do you choose to look at? Let me read a few scriptures before I go on. I will continue from last Sunday. Luke chapter 18, verse 27. But he said, The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Luke 18, 27. Psalm 16, verse 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Proverbs 4.18 But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. This teaching is in the series called Rejoice Always. This is the principle of the kingdom of God. When you have faith, you will rejoice. And when you rejoice, you shall be strong. Because the joy of the Lord gives you strength. And when you are strong, you can handle anything that comes against you. And you will be so strong that you can overcome the problems in your life. And not only that, when you walk in faith, walk by faith, you are rejoicing and you're strong. You welcome or you give permission to God to come into your life to get involved with you. And He can perform miracles in your life. On the opposite way, when you don't have faith, you have doubt, you're going to be sad, you're going to be upset, angry, and you're going to be weak, and you cannot handle pressures, and then you push God out from your life because faith pleases God. Doubt stops God from helping you. This is the real spiritual principle why God answers somebody more than another. Because of the level of faith. It's in a different level. Therefore, we need to have faith. The scriptures say, in the Bible here, we say, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. We should keep our eyes on God. We should choose to look at God. Because nothing is impossible with God. We keep our eyes on Him, on His power, His grace, his promises, and then we can rejoice. And as we keep our eyes on God, we love His presence. What happened? We're going to have the fullness of joy on the inside of us, no matter the surrounding circumstances are. When we have that fullness of joy and we have faith, what happened? He's going to guide us in the path of life, not path of death, path of life. And when we step into that path, we're going to be in the light of God. Like a shining sun, we walk in that path.
path and we walk in the light of God because we keep our eyes on Him and the light will be brighter and brighter and brighter and we're going to have victory. We're going to see miracles, supernatural breakthrough in our life. We will shine brighter and brighter and we're going to get to the right place at the right time, meet the right people at the right time and our life will be so full of blessing and victory because we keep our eyes on the Lord. What do we choose to keep our eyes on or focus on? We should keep our eyes on the Lord, on His promises and His power. So I'm going to read many scriptures today to show you that this is the biblical principle. We should keep our eyes on the Lord. But on the opposite way, if we fixate our eyes on the problems, on the symptoms, on the bad reports, on the feelings, on people around us, we will cry, we will be sad, we will be depressed, we will lose our joy, we will lose our peace, and we will be weak, and we cannot overcome problems in life, we will be upset, we will be hurt, angry, and we will complain, and we will lose our faith. We need to keep our eyes on the right thing. We all were created by God to have freedom of choice. We have our own will. We need to make the right choice. What we choose to look at. We can choose to look at God and have faith. Or we're going to choose to look at the problems and the human being and the surrounding circumstance. We can choose every minute, every hour, every day to look at God. So that we will not be sad and be weak and be defeated. Amen? Amen. If you look around you, I can tell you, you can be mad anytime. <laughs> if you look at me, sometimes you can be mad too. Because I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. You can look around you anywhere. You can be upset. You can be sad. Oh, he made mistake. Huh. Oh, he sing off key. Oh, he doesn't play guitar very well. Oh, the food is too spicy. Oh, the food is not spicy enough. <laughs> too much or too little. Oh, that is wrong. You can see anything on earth and you're going to be depressed. Everything around you can pull you down if you keep your eyes on the thing here. This earth is full of disappointments, imperfect people, mistakes, failures, setbacks, problems, sickness, and sin. If you keep your eyes on the things on this earth, keep looking at them, keep talking about them, keep meditating about them, I can guarantee you will lose your joy you will lose your peace, you will lose your strength, and you will not be successful. So important, where you look at. No matter what happened around you, even you and five people stand in the same situation, and they all cry, and they're upset because bad situation happened to them, and to you too, because you're standing in the same situation, 
they all cry, they all upset, but you still smile in the same situation because you are a man and a woman of faith. And you look at the goodness of God. You look at what God did in the past. You look at what God's going to do in the future. You look at His promises. You look at His power, His character, His grace, His favor. You depend on Him. And He depends on your choice. If you choose to look at the right thing, He's going to perform miracle for you. That's why Paul can say in the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, that rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. How often we should rejoice? One time a week? Only when Pastor Dark Cook Jayor for you? Only when your boss gives you a promotion? No. You should rejoice all the time. Always. Let's look at some scripture here. Paul is not a hypocrite. He does what he says. In Philippians chapter 1, 14 to 15. Now we're going to go, I just give introduction. Now we're going to go on the real scripture here. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains. Paul wrote the book of Philippians while he was in jails. Do you know that jails in that generation were worse, much terrible than the jails today? Food, terrible. Smelling, dark. He was in jail. And he wrote the book of Philippians. And even you read that book, you notice that he never cried. He never complained and griped. And he said, I'm so sad. Oh, I'm in terrible place. I don't have steak to eat. I don't have jaya to eat. No nice Mexican food to eat here. No Chinese food here. I'm so sad. It's so smelly. I'm so upset right now. Paul had all kinds of reasons to be mad, upset, gripe, complain. God doesn't love me anymore. I don't want to follow Jesus anymore. No, he rejoiced. And he wrote the letter to tell people outside the jail. Hey, guy, rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. I'm much more bold to speak the word without fear. So some people saw his suffering, his trial and tribulation. They became more bold to preach the gospel. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from good wills. Paul talked about some believers in that generation who preached the word or preached the gospel with wrong motive, with insincerity of heart. But he rejoiced. He is not a hypocrite. This man, because he has so much faith, He's a man of faith. He rejoiced in jail. That's why he was so strong to be able to handle the persecution in jail. Not only that, because he was so full of joy and faith and so strong, he was able to listen to the Holy Spirit and wrote the letter to the churches in that generation. 
Believe me, if you keep crying, sad, you upset, you could not hear from the Holy Spirit to write the epistle like that. He was so calm and peaceful and joyful that he could listen to the Holy Spirit. He was a strong vessel of God, full of the Spirit of God. How many people want to live that way? Everyone say, I want to be strong, full of the Spirit, full of faith, full of joy. And Paul said that indeed, some people preach with wrong motive. I've seen that in my life. People preach in order to build their own kingdom, build their own church, not for Jesus, for their own money. They preach with the wrong motive and that really bothers Paul. Look at verse 16 to 18, we continue to read. The former preached Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely. Supposing to add affliction to my chains, these people preach with wrong motive and make Paul in trouble too. But the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice. And will rejoice. Wow, he said two times. I rejoice. Yes, he said the same way. Rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. He emphasized two times. I rejoice. Yes, and will rejoice. Even though Paul was bothered by these preachers in that generation who were insincere and had some hidden agenda in preaching the gospel. But Paul say, I rejoice. In fact, he can say that I'm going to get out of this jail. I'm going to go and fix them. I'm going to get at them. I'm going to put in the blogs in the internet and attack them. I'm going to go and try to close that church. Did Paul say that? Paul say, I rejoice. Oh, before we go on. Please don't act like you are bigger than who you are. Don't act like God. God is big enough to defend his own gospel. Believe me, if people preach the gospel in the wrong way, one day they'll pay the price. Because God is just. You don't need to act like God try to put in the internet attacking these people, attacking these people. Not our job to judge anybody to attack any preacher in the world. We are not here to judge and attack anybody. We just preach the gospel and love people. Amen? So we are not God. We are not the judge. God is the judge. Amen? So, but I want to emphasize this. Why Paul say, I rejoice, and yes, I will rejoice. Why? Because Paul is teaching us where to look at. How to look at the situation. Paul can be so depressed and angry and upset if he keeps his eyes on those ministers who preach the gospel with insincerity and with the wrong motive. But Paul tried to say that, I keep my eyes on the Lord. I keep my eye on the kingdom, on heaven. At least, even though somebody preached gospel with the wrong motive, to promote themselves, to make money, to do something for themselves, or out of jealousy, try to compete with Paul. But at least, 
Christ is preached. I rejoice. Where did he put his eyes on? On Jesus. On the kingdom. On heaven. This is why this preaching is so important. How we look at the situation. Where our eyes are focusing on. We need to focus on Jesus. Not on man's mistake. Man's failure. And sins. We focus on the Lord. That's why Paul said, at least Jesus is preached. I'm happy he focused on Jesus. Let's look at another one in the scripture. I'm going to read many scriptures to show you that where you want to look at. James chapter 1 verses 9 to 10. I read from King James Version. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. But the rich in that should rejoice to what it means. The rich should rejoice in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. What did James try to say here? He talked about both the poor, the people with low degree, low education, low money, and people who are rich, they both should rejoice. He said this way. Let me explain to you. If you are not rich yet, you will be rich one day. If you are not rich yet, you should rejoice in your circumstance because God is going to exalt you when you get to heaven you, because you live for God. When you get to heaven, you're going to have the crowd of glory. You're going to have rewards in heaven. You're going to have a mansion in heaven. Not only that, God can exalt you as you serve the Lord in the church, faithful in the church, even though you may not be a rich man like somebody here. And God can lift you up and exalt you. You should look at God. God, you will ex- exalt me. You will honor me because I serve you. And when I go to heaven, I'm going to have rewards. I should keep my eyes on God and on heavens. Therefore, I can rejoice. How about the rich? They should rejoice because even though they have a lot of money, but they humble themselves to feed people, to give to people, to serve people to be a servant of the Lord, to watch the feet of people in the church. The rich humble themselves to watch the feet of people. They should rejoice because they can humble themselves to work like Jesus Christ. And then he concludes, no matter what, you're all going to die. We're going to pass away one day, the rich and the poor, and we're going to have rewards in heaven. When he talk about the grass will pass away, I mean you're going to pass away one day. So don't keep your eyes on the things here. Keep your eyes on the things above. Therefore, from this scripture, whether you are rich or poor, you should rejoice. Whether you are going in or coming out, you should rejoice. Whether you are going up or coming down, you should rejoice. No matter what circumstances in your life, you should rejoice. Always, because you keep your eyes on the way of God, the things of God. You don't keep your eyes on the things below here. The Lord tells us to rejoice whatever happened in our life. Let's look at another scripture. I'm going to convince you today. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 17. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, 
Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. In Second Corinthians chapter four, sixteen to seventeen, Paul told us about faith perspective of faith view of faith worldview. What should you do if you lose more hair and you become bald? What happens when you look at the mirror and you notice some, some more wrinkle on your face? What should you do when you look at yourself and say, I'm getting older. I'm not looking like 18 years old anymore. What should you do when you sometimes feel weak and you feel like I need to go to bed? What should you do? The Bible says our body is perishing. We are getting older. We have more wrinkles. We're losing some hairs. Is that right? So, but don't be sad. Rejoice. Because you don't look at those things. You look at what? Here. Your inner man, your spirit is working with the Holy Spirit. And your spirit is stronger, renewed, and stronger every day. And you're going to have a new body in heaven. Rejoice because we have a new body in heaven. Sometimes I tease my patient when they have a lot of spine problem. Oh, some people's spine look terrible. And I say to them, one day if you can have a new body, you will not have this kind of spine anymore. When you go to heaven, you can have a new body. Even though our body is perishing and getting weaker, but our spirit is stronger. In fact, Paul talked about affliction. Affliction. Did Paul go through some afflictions? He was in shipwreck. He was put in prison. He was being stoned. He was beaten by rods. He was put in jail. Wow, he was persecuted. But he called those afflictions, I mean, if you have affliction right now and you complain compared to Paul, have you ever been in jail because preaching the gospel? Paul called those afflictions light and momentary. He said his affliction is very light and just a moment. Is this how we should think? My trouble right now on earth is light. <laughs> My affliction right now is momentary. It's temporary. <laughs> how can you think that way? Because you compare those afflictions and the problem in your life to the exceeding eternal weight of glory. That one day, you're going to step into heaven. And the glory of the Lord is going to be on you. Heavy. Because you live for the kingdom of God. Because you are the disciple of Jesus Christ. Because you are building the church of Jesus Christ. You're going to stand before the glory of the Lord. And the light of you is going to be like a sunshine. Not just a little star. You're going to have the weight. Excessive weight of glory on you. You keep your eyes on God and on the things above. 
You keep your eyes on what g o i n g to happen to you in heaven, not on the things on earth here. And the things on earth are just only temporary, a light compared to the rewards in heaven. The things on earth are just a short period of time, but the things in heaven is forever. Amen. Look at verse 18. Why we do not look at the things which are seen? The things that are seen are the things on the earth, the human, the circumstance, the government, the president, whatever you you want to look at. Look at the economy. Look at what people are doing, which are not seen. But at we not look at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. What are the things that are not seen? God and heaven, which are seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The Bible says, "Things that you can see now on earth are temporary, light, and momentary." So, what you're going to look at? For me, I want to look at the heavenly things. I want to look at God, His promises, His power, His goodness, His favor. If I look at the things around me, I'm gonna be upset all the time. Please don't look at me. You're gonna be upset because I make mistake, and our style and your style may be different. I grew up in Thailand. The things that I do may offend some American people because I grew up in Asian country. In the same way, you may grow up another way, and if I look at you, I'm gonna be offended. So we should not look at each other. We should look at God. Look at the goodness of the Lord. If we keep looking at the things that are seen, we're going to be upset, angry, discouraged, and lose our faith. Amen. We keep looking at the right things, and what are the right things? God, the things of God, heaven, rewards in heaven. Amen. That's what the devil tried to do to Jesus. If you notice the way, the, the devil tried to get us upset. How did the devil do to Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights? The devil said to Jesus, "Look at that stone. Look at that. I can make the stone to be the bread, and you can eat. Is it wonderful?" But Jesus did not look at that bread or stone or whatever. He said, "It is written." What did he look at? He looked at the word. He did not look at the stone. Then he took Jesus to look at the big, big kingdoms in the world. Look at this big kingdom, the things on earth, and I'm going to give you all this kingdom if you bow down to me. And did Jesus answer? Wow, I'm excited. No, he said it is written. He keeps his eyes on God and on the kingdom of God and not at the kingdom of the world. And eventually, the devil ran out of his schemes, and he ran away for a period of time, for a season, and he came back later on to try to crucify Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is our example. He did not allow the devil to make him upset, angry, depressed, prideful, and get into trouble. He keep his eyes on the things above. Jesus is our good example. So you must determine that you will not listen to the voice of the enemy. The enemy gonna try to tell you to look at human around you, weaknesses of people, mistake of people, 
other churches, other preachers. You know, I never look at other preachers. I, I don't have time. I'm not going to criticize any preacher. It's their own business. If they make mistakes, God take care of them. If they are doing well, God will bless them. I'm going to keep looking at God, looking at rewards in heaven. I will not listen to the devil. How can I tell that you look at the right thing? I can tell by look at your face. Look at your body language. If you look sad, upset, angry, I can tell right away, you look at the wrong thing. If you smile, happy, you look at the right thing. Because you rejoice. Amen? Amen. You may say this way, Pastor, you are so unrealistic in the life. You are unrealistic, positive person. This is not about unrealistic, positive. We are talking about the choice of the heart to believe and to look at. You make your choice in your heart, I'm going to look at God. I'm going to look at His promises and my rewards in heaven. And when I do that, I give permission to God to come into my life and perform miracles and give me favor and give me grace and give me breakthrough because I choose to walk by faith, not by sight. When I read the book of John, chapter 13, 14, 15, and 16, you can see the last conversation of Jesus with the disciples. In those conversations, he said this way. I make a conclusion. He said, guys, I'm leaving. And you cannot go with me. I'm going to go first to where the Father is. And you cannot come with me. Oh, when the disciples heard that, they were so troubled in their heart. They were so sad. They were so upset. Why? Because after this disciple met Jesus, and they had been with Jesus for three and a half years, their life was really totally changed, radically different. They were listening to his wonderful teaching. They saw him perform miracles. The blind could see, the lame could walk. They saw him cast out demons. They were in the midst of his great ministry, stopping the wind. Wow, Jesus, don't go. Stay with us. They had been in the presence of his glory, of his power, of his purity, and his wisdom. But he said, hey, guy, I'm leaving. And you cannot come with me. Definitely, their reaction is, Jesus, please don't go. Stay with us for eternity. Jesus, if you go, I go with you. If you die, I die with you. But it doesn't happen that way. They all ran away. <laughs> I'll die with you. Look at what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verses 1 to 4. Let not your heart, this is after he said, I'm leaving. Jesus saw their face. Everyone like, like this. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe. Now talk about faith. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house. Now he's going to lead you. Uh, lead them. He comfort them and lead them to look at something else. Not the things on earth. In my Father's house are many mansions. How many people expect mansions in heaven? Mm, good, 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 good. I hope you don't have a chacky house up there, okay? Uh, many mansions. If it were not so, 
I would not have told you. I go. I go first to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Jesus tried to tell them that what happened on earth is only momentary, light, and it's going to pass. But I'm going to go to prepare eternal mansion for you. You're going to live forever in heaven with me. I will come back and I get, get you to be with me. Did he try to comfort them? Yes. He tried to say, hey, guy, don't be sad. Don't be upset. Don't be angry. Rejoice. Because look at heaven. Look at your mansion. Don't yield to depression. Don't yield to sadness. Don't yield to fear. Some of you may say this way. I cannot live without my mother. She is dying. I'm so sad my mother is leaving. I cannot live without her. My brother and sister, this is a reality. We all going to die. One day, we're going to leave each other on earth here. Every single day, thousands of people dying on earth. And for believers, we don't have to worry because we're going to be in heaven for eternity. Nobody who was born in 17th century are living now. And if the Lord Jesus has not come back in 100 years, you and I will not be here. We're all going to die. But death for believers is not too bad because we are going to the better place. We should not focus on the things here. We should focus on eternal life and rewards in heaven. Amen? Jesus said, don't be upset. I'm leaving. Because after I leave, there will be a better thing. It's more advantageous or profitable to you that I leave because I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm not going to leave you as an orphan, helpless, homeless. I'm going to give you better things. The Holy Spirit, your helper, your comforter, rejoice. You may think this way, wow, pastor, I think if I could go back 2,000 years ago and walk with Jesus every day, it would be so nice to see him perform miracles, to see him preaching the word of God. But I tell you, Jesus said, it's much better that he left. And we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us 24-7. If you live with Jesus, you have to wait until Peter finished talking to Jesus. Then you can talk to him. You have to wait until he wake up from sleeping at night. But now you can talk to the Spirit of Jesus in you 24-7. Is it better? It's better. And the Holy Spirit can work through you to bring healing to people, to bring deliverance to people. Therefore, we should rejoice. Jesus wanted his disciples to stop sorrowing, being depressed, and crying. And he said, do you believe in what I say? 
If you believe, you keep your eyes on the things above. Unbelief displeases God. Faith pleases God. You choose to believe or not believe. You choose to what you look at. Are you going to look at the things on earth or you're going to look at the things in heaven? You can choose. Everyone say, I can choose. John chapter 14, 27 to 28. Peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. You have heard me saying to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father and for my father is greater than I. He said, if you love me, you should rejoice because I cannot go to the father. If you love your believing family members and they are dying, they are leaving this world, you should rejoice. Do you know Why? Because they are going to meet the Lord Jesus soon. I don't have to go through all the troubles in this world. Wake up, brush the teeth, getting dressed, driving the car in the traffic, deal with the customer, dealing with all the problems. After they leave this world, they're going to be in a better place. We may cry because they leave for a few days, but after that you should say, I rejoice they are in a better place than me. And one day, I'm going to meet them. That's what Jesus tried to say. We're going to meet each other. It's so wonderful. Some of you may say, uh, I don't agree with that. I don't like to meet somebody in this church. <laughs> he annoys me all the time. He steps on my toes all the time. Jesus tried to say, rejoice. Don't live in depression. Don't feel sad. Because you have rewards in heaven. You have mansion in heaven. And the disciples say, what is the way to go to heaven? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Look to me. Look to that way. Look to heaven. Look to your mansion. Look to your rewards. And you shall not be depressed. Look at the eternal things. Don't look at the things of this world. In conclusion, in this teaching, I want to encourage all of you from today on, you make a decision to rejoice. You make a decision to have faith. And three, you make a decision to look at the right thing. Don't look at humans. Don't look at circumstances. Don't look at the feelings. Don't look at the economy. Don't look at the people around you. Don't look at the medical reports. Don't look at what people say. You keep your eyes on God. You keep your eyes on the promises of God. On the goodness and the power of God. On His faithfulness. His reward for us in heaven. You keep your eyes on the mansion that he prepared for you. 
You keep your eyes on the kingdom of God. And don't let the devil steal your joy. Don't let anybody on this earth pull you to look at the problem. You say, no, I'm going to look at God. Don't let any circumstance, anybody, any man, or the devil, or any demon, steal your peace and your joy. You're going to stand in faith. Don't act like a baby. Grow up. Baby always cries. and Upset. Depressed and cry. Christians who always depressed and cry are babies. Come on. You are more than conquerors. You are not a baby. You are the soldier of Christ. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Your name is recorded in the book of life of heaven. God is preparing heaven for you. Mansion for you. You keep serving the Lord. Keep walking by faith. Don't walk by sight. And you're going to have eternal rewards in heaven. Your eternal weight of glory shall be so heavy. I hope that the members of New Hope International Church, when we all go to heaven, you try the glory. You know that in heaven, we're going to have different levels of glory. Some of us can be just a little moon. Some of us like a big star. Some of us so shining. The way you live will dictate how much glory you have in heaven. I pray that all of you will have big, heavy weight of glory on you. God is fair. Amen? Because you live for the kingdom of God. Look at those things. And don't look at the things in the world. Rejoice always, always again. I say rejoice. If you love God, you rejoice. If you love your brother and sister, when you look at each other's face, even though he may bother you sometime, he may step on your toes, but you rejoice because your name is in heaven. Don't look at his weakness. Look at his reward in heaven. Amen? Keep looking that way all the days of your life so that you will not get depressed, get weak, defeated, and failed. You're going to be strong, successful, victorious. You are not a victim. You are a victor. Amen. Everyone say, I'm a victor. I'm not a victim. I'm more than conquerors. The one who is in me is greater than the one who is in the world. I keep my eyes on heaven, on God, on the things of God. I walk by faith. I don't walk by sight. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you so much for showing us all these scriptures to help us to choose the right thing to look at. How we look at the circumstance like Paul while he was in jail. How Jesus looked at the situation while he was tempted by the devil. How the poor and the rich should look at. Lord, help us, Lord, all the days of our life. We will look at the things of God. 
Father, we thank you so much. We will be strong Christians. We don't want to be babies forever, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your teaching today. Some of you don't know Jesus, or you walk away from Him, or you're not sure that you have salvation. I would like to encourage you to give your life to Jesus Christ. Heaven is real. Hell is real. Give your life to Jesus. We are not going to be here forever. One day we all will die, and after that, we will go to either place, heaven or hell. I pray that you choose heaven. If you want to do that, pray with me. If you want to choose heaven, Father in heaven, I believe you love me. You sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sin. I received your forgiveness, Lord. Jesus, you are my God. My Savior, you die for me. You give me super abundant life, an eternal life through your sacrifice. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I give my life to you. From today on, I will keep my eyes on you. On heaven. The things of God, the things of heaven, troubles on this earth. Oh Lord, they are temporary. They are light and momentary. I will look at eternal things. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We would like to give opportunity for sister from Ohio to encourage you that God perform a miracle in her life, and the doctor confirmed that. Can you share a little bit? Can I have the microphone, please? You can come out with your husband. He's a pastor of a Hmong church in Ohio. Ohio. Yes. Good morning, uh, brothers and sisters. My name is Nam Thip. I am a diabetic patient for uh, more than 20 years. I shared this with Ajanda and uh, Ajahn Mo Warun. I told them about this miracle in my life. I went to see doctor three months ago. The doctor said, now your kidney is not doing good. They talk about the dialysis. And she said, oh, don't worry, everything is easy. Home dialysis is easy. You can do everything on your schedule. You can do exercise, swimming, or anything. But I am thinking most about my husband, that he wanted to do his ministry. What if I have this complication? How can we go out and proclaim the gospel? Anywhere we go, I have to carry, like, I don't know anyone's experience about this uh, dialysis. You have to carry many gallons of water, the clean water to put in your trunk, and anywhere it's time for you to do the dialysis, you have to, like, do that. You have to stop any place that you can and hook the thing and do the dialysis. And I thought, I'm not going to do this, and my husband is very encouraging me. He said, 
you're not going to go through this. We're not going to go through this, okay? And uh, I, I am a Christian for so many years, but sometimes um, I'm not a good one. Sometimes I just, I, very, I was very addicted to the, the Thai drama. <laughs> I watch a lot. I can watch, like, if, if on my weekend I can watch from, uh, I got up 8 o'clock and until I go to bed at night, like 10 o'clock or 11 I can turn that on all day and watch like episode after episode. And I forgot to read the Bible. I forgot about the scripture. I go to church every Sunday or, or Wednesday night because we have devotion and he's a pastor, so I, I just go, okay? I just go. But, but when he said like, honey, we're not going to go through this. And then um, he was the one who found out about the Pastor Lao, pastor Lao his sermon. He also found about Dr. Rodney, Pastor Rodney Brown. He just turned that on on the YouTube. I just admitted and I, I knew that and I said, God, whatever I didn't do to please you, I would do from now on. And uh, please, please, I would do from now on. And I knew that and I cried. We cried and we prayed and prayed. And I just cut. I think in, in, in English you call cold turkey, right? <laughs> Okay. I just cut right away and I not watch anything at all. Anything like I was addicted to and I just like read the scripture. And I thank God that we found the sermon in Thai that I understand deeply, very deeply that when I listened to Pastor Lau's sermon and I understood every single thing he said. And it's just, it hurt me so much. It hurt me so much when I listened and I didn't do what i supposed to do to please God. I said, okay, I keep doing this, and I know that Holy Spirit told me that this is, I told you, I found a way for you already. You read scripture. This is what the Holy Spirit told me, like the list that what I have to do. I start reading my Bible. I quit the, the drama, and I start exercising, and I start eat very good. Three months later, I just went to see my kidney doctor on a, October 12th, and I thought, like, I have the faith. Everything I pray, I told God, like, I believe in you. You must help me. You must help me. Anytime I pray, I said, this is what I need. My life going to be for you forever, okay? Anything you tell me, I will do forever. And then guess what? She asked me to go have my blood test on Friday before, and then Monday I go see her. She said, your kidney function is okay now. Thanks God. Thanks God. I praise Him and I give credit to my husband and Ajahn Mowarun and uh, Pastor Da what uh, what they've been doing and I've been uh, listening to their sermon and also um, they say I ask next year I plan to go back to Thailand. Do I have to do the dialysis next year? She said no. When what about 2021? I plan to go to Israel and she said. Nope, uh, I don't think we're going to do it soon, but you keep an eye on. I said, I, and I told my doctor, you know what doctor who keep an eye on me? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Praise God. Can I and Pastor Da pray for you? Thank you. Can please. you go down and please. we pray for you? We trust that this message is ministered to you. 
If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Thank you.